0: Hey guys welcome back to another weird wednesday i'm ashers and we still don't have ivy so i know you guys are super super disappointed however we do have mr pat o'sullivan here back again to tell his uh hopefully we're gonna get to your story today (laughs) um that's that's what i'm shooting for but you know we'll see right we'll see um so you know i'll just kind of explain the situation a little bit um ivy has got a lot of personal things going on in her life at the moment so hopefully um she does fully intend on coming back uh we're just not really sure when (laughs) so (laughs) but either way i'm still gonna be here every wednesday talking about um you know aliens and stuff and so i I guess more than just aliens but (laughs) for now that's been what it is um i've actually had a really like super boring week um i haven't done anything productive i've been really lazy well okay so that's not true so i like i have gotten stuff done i just haven't gotten anything done as far as like work goes (laughs) Mm. (laughs) i've just been doing a lot of i've been trying to um kind of redecorate and not just redecorate so I've got two different filming sets that I'm building in my home um and one is for the YouTube channel specifically and and then the other one is for like um is going to be more for like what people see when I like when I guest star and certain things like we've got that kids on bikes thing coming up okay and stuff like that and so I want to be able to have like um you know different sets so like the problem with building a set in your home especially when you live in a two-bedroom apartment is that you also need to have it like functional for your home right <laughs> so Jeez.
1: I can't even imagine putting that much effort into I mean like you're absolutely right like if, if you're somebody that plans on streaming um you should build a set or you should put serious thought into what your backdrop is going to be and you can definitely tell the people that do that versus the people that do not um i i was involved in a streaming game for about two three months yeah. and i put zero thought into what well actually no I, I take that back i used a screen grab from the um from the original leisure leisure suit larry like old dos video game okay uh and i said so i used that as my backdrop i used a virtual <laughs> backdrop but um, it was – some of the people that I streamed with, yeah, had, like, a corner of their bedroom, and it just – you know, I, I think it's a, one of those things where you spend just a little bit of time set dressing yeah. and a little bit of time on production design, and it can really make all the difference in the world. It
0: really – it looks a lot better, and, you know, right. and so it's like – and I'm not good at, like, the editing stuff, so I couldn't put a backdrop because I don't even know how to do that because I'm a baby, so <laughs> – <laughs> I'm still learning, and that just Zoom like- makes
1: it Zoom makes it incredibly easy. But if you were to use any other software besides Zoom, I could not tell you how to
0: do it. <laughs> I tell you anything. Yeah, like and and it's like you know, it's it's silly because it, it would probably be quicker for me to just like learn how to do that than it would be to rearrange my entire fucking home. But. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> whatever
1: <laughs> you're using practical effects you know exactly. there's, there's nothing wrong with that
0: always go practical that's that's what I say, but yeah, so I've been so like I said, I'm trying to set it up to where you know, and then that way I have a space too, so it's like when I'm in my space because like when I film the show, the t v show right, I film it in a dungeon, like I'm actually in a a sex dungeon that I, that I film it at, and so when I get down there and I get in the space, then I get in the zone and I get in a character, and you know sure. So um, sure. I feel like it would help a lot but it, like I said having it also be functional and like makes sense like we have to do these like yearly inspections at my apartments and um they're they're getting ready to do mine <laughs> and they're just gonna be like what the fuck happened to this? Person? <laughs> because I have taken a very drastic change in just my decorating style in general because I need all the rooms to still flow together and and it's just been it's just it's it's been interesting. So,
1: <laughs> well, depending on how many units are in your complex, I mean, you might not be the only woman with a recording studio in one of her bedrooms. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest here. OnlyFans is kind of blown up right now.
0: That's, that's, so, yeah, that's very yeah. true. That, You're not. That, gonna, I, I mean, doubt you'll
1: be the only lighting kit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the only, the only lighting
1: kit left to, to work around. <laughs> that's Ooh.
0: another thing I had to. So I thought they were going to come in the other day, um, but they ended up canceling and. um I had actually had my, um, like, I have a tripod that also is my lighting, and I really use it more for that. And um, so I had that set up, because I was filming something with somebody else. And I swear to God, it was not sexual. But it was, but it was right next to my bed. And I'm like, great. <laughs> they're, gonna oh, wow. <laughs> they're gonna think something happened here. But I mean, you
1: know, it only depends if they're the kind of landlord, like, if they're gonna be assholes about it. Because I know, some places are very strict about uh, and I, I I have a friend that recently had issues with this because you know you can't like cut hair out of your apartment right like there's there's strict like places are zoned for either residential or like business and if you're an apartment like you can't really run a business mm-hmm. out of out of like a residential like domicile right so like some of that stuff like the webcam shit you think that like oh like unless my landlord is some kind of like ridiculous puritan they'll be okay with it yeah. like no there's actually there's actually like more red tape than that um, i see
0: I, I was questioning that that was like one thing that i was questioning with the show because again i i film in a in a sex dungeon it is below my friend's store that she owns and i'm like what do i need to know about this legally can can, can do i need to have her sign paper paperwork or you know what? We i'd need?
1: assume it's okay because it's already a business you know what i mean
0: right and that's that's what i figure you know since it's all in her name except the dungeon part like isn't part of the business itself so it's like i don't know she kind of like half lives there too sometimes so it's like <laughs> it's just all kind of a weird <laughs> a weird situation but whatever that's what the um the producer of the show is for so he gets to handle right. all that. Don't worry about really that shit. That. yeah that's not my problem i just have to explain the situation and then he can he can take it from there but yeah i mean so it is kind of weird like the things you know when you really start getting into this stuff just the weird little rules and all this shit that you don't know about. Like I've had to like, just for the YouTube channel, I had to learn about copyright and you know, what does that mean? What can I use? What can I not use? And it's, you know, very, it's kind of ridiculous. The things that you can or you can't, or how hard it is to even figure out what you can and can't. And it's like, why is this right. so difficult? <laughs> just give me a list of things that I can. I wish there was like a database where I could just like type in, like, I don't know if I could take like a certain picture. Cause my channel's mostly, it's this the, the same shit that's on here, just a little more in depth, you know cryptozoology and aliens and stuff like that. so it's like can i use can I use the famous Patterson Ginland footage? am I allowed? <sighs> I don't know yet. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah just ask ask for forgiveness if something comes up from it we when we were when i was in a band we used to get cease and desist letters from prince all the time because (laughs) we would we would do we had to cover a purple rain and uh i can never take the place of your man in a couple other of his songs and whenever they wound up on youtube they always got flagged immediately i don't know if prince has people scanning he must have yeah youtube's got a weird
0: algorithm anyway so i mean right you know they catch that shit right away and they're like nope can't do this and it's like
1: okay right. yeah so we we would get cease and desist letters from prince and i my stance was always like fuck him like let him take us to court like when i'm when i when when prince walks in the courtroom and says pato O'Sullivan, quit playing my songs i will say all right dude i'll stop and someone had explained it to me like no dude you don't get to meet prince if they fucking sue you like, <laughs> prince's God. lawyers show up you know <laughs> he's not like actually prince is going to come down to the bridgeview courthouse and be like <laughs> he's really gonna cool. fly in
0: <laughs> yeah, like I'll quit playing your songs, but let me get a selfie. And then
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta come, you gotta tell me face to face, mano a mano. You know, so and I mean. would, I would just stream whatever the fuck you want. And just
0: yeah, I guess that's a good point. I mean, for now at least, it it definitely drums up the views. I mean, eventually the thought process is to get it monetized, and monetization is a bitch and a half by itself. But you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's all part of it. So it's like you know, with the documentary, everything everything is original. And and pure and fresh and it's beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> even down to the music, all of it. And so I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know. And I just because I just wanted to make sure that because it's such a big project, that's just one thing I don't want to have to worry about. So it's like, you know what? But if I just make everything from scratch, then it's not going to be a problem. So you know, gotcha. that's kind of the direction we're taking with it. So I don't know, but it's you know, it's been cool. It's been. It's been interesting having to learn all these things. Not all of it is fun. You know, people think that my jobs are fun. They're not. Most of the time, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Right. <laughs> Even now, I'm like the fucking, my weekly horror reviews are like, you know, I have to go through and actually read about, you know, the directors and the actors and the other shit that they've done. And it's like, <laughs> I can't just be like, yes, watch this movie. It's great. Or no, don't watch it. It's, so-. you know oh, what I dude. mean? It's work.
1: <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. So, like, The one thing I was going to, you know, uh, I assume at some point you're going to get around to asking me how my weekend was. And uh, the one thing that I was going to pimp up front was the fact that I went and saw New Mutants this weekend. And I wrote about it for Daily Grindhouse. And allegedly it's going to be posted on Daily Grindhouse at some point this week. Although I I pitched this, you know, our our mutual friend Mike is the assistant editor there. So I have kind of like a stuff that I write. Um, I write stuff for Daily Grindhouse and Bloody Disgusting, yeah. but both those cases, like, I have specific editors that I deal with, and it's specific pieces that I run. So, like, I'll I'll pitch them stuff, and they'll say yes or no, and then I'll do it. I don't, like, take assignments, or I don't have, like, a beat or anything. It's just if I want to write about something, I have multiple sources that I can take it to, and hopefully somebody runs it. Right. So with the whole New Mutants thing, that to me felt like a very good story because uh, it's a horror movie. It's a comic book movie uh it had a troubled production it should have been out like two and a half years ago and it's also kind of like the first major um theatrical release that we've had
0: in right. a in fucking hours. long
1: ass time yeah. so uh i went i was like I'll, I'll go see it and i'll write about it and uh it was i mean i i dug it like you know spoiler alert it's it's uh, like a very horny episode of buffy um <laughs> And Buffy's already pretty horny, so like, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's it's very girl interrupted. It's kind of like a woman in prison movie. Like it's it's. I was not expecting it, like, um, and it was good. I dug the shit out of it, and it was it was, it it was really? scary enough. It wasn't you know. Tr- it wasn't like Jennifer. D- didn't you just write something about um, Jennifer's missing or what's the name of the movie? Oh,
0: Megan is missing. Megan
1: is missing. Holy Have shit! You seen it? Yes, yes, oh, with the weirdos that I've dated, yes, fucking a I've seen that, but uh it's not like that like it's it's not like horrific oh, okay. like that fucking movie is, but it's it's definitely it's way scarier, it was way better than I think anyone expects it to be, yeah, and um, I definitely would recommend it, but so I write it, you know i I pitch it to the editor, I'm like, hey, if I go see this, can I write about it and mm-hmm. I go, sure. And I write it, and I submit it, and now it's been two days, and it hasn't been posted yet. And I'm looking at the website, and, like, nothing's been posted since, like, the first week of August. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I might have watched this. and Not like it was a shorter, like, watch or write about it, but... it's realize, still work. Like,
0: it still takes it's, time it's an investment you know and so well,
1: for me it's more of an emotional investment more than anything you know what i mean because like you're excited about doing this thing yeah. and then you have to sit there and you have to wait for someone else to like upload it to the wordpress site you know yeah, and you're yeah. just kind of sitting there like all hey, right man
0: i understand yeah. that you know when i when i first started because i'm still pretty new to the to the horror writing um when i first got into it i was i was approached with the offer to do it and i'm like you know the only way that because i already have so much going on i'm like I, you know, I don't know if i could possibly fit this in there first they wanted me to do two articles a week and i'm like i, mm, <laughs>
1: I don't yeah. think
0: i can give and then they're like okay we'll do the one i'm like great um you know but i'll I'm, i need to do it on my terms like i don't mind writing about horror and stuff like that it's just that i want to write about horror that i know and you know for me that's the extreme you know the the really fucked up shit and so um but they were fine you know they were fine to do that and it's exciting because like for me, it, gives me a reason to not only re-watch some of these movies that i haven't seen fact, since I was a teenager but to watch the new movies that i've missed out on over the years because of you know whatever life has thrown at me um but it well, is different. plug
1: the website well what, what what website do you write for dark universe
0: the dark, dark universe, universe okay um, yeah horror database so um yeah and you know they're cool you know they're so far i mean from what i've interacted with the people they're cool they haven't asked me to do any more than what i've already done so i'm like okay um but you know i it, it, it's a niche it's, it's a niche category you know so it's um it's very hit or miss with the audience i guess because they expect you know all these great horror movies and these are like real life horrors <laughs> what do you mean yeah. Well, like, like we said, one of the one was Megan is missing, and that movie's, you know, fucking. Oh, harassed. based
1: in reality, yeah. Right,
0: yeah. it's difficult to most of them. I mean, some of them are like, like I just did uh, last week's was um, I spit on your grave, and okay. you know, which in my that's like one of my top five movies, like of all time. It's a fucking masterpiece, um, but it it is very hard to watch, and I have to portray that. So, like, I have to because w- what I am writing for again is a very specific group of people. I am not trying to convert the usual horror fan. <laughs> you know. Right. I'm trying to like get the attention of people that I already know. And so my first couple of articles have been um bigger movies that more people kind of know about. But anyway, so I wrote this, you know, I wrote this article about I spit on your grave and somebody had commented um on like the Twitter promoting it, the post promoting it and they were like um they were like, "Oh yeah, but but have you seen The Human Centipede? It's the worst that's out there." And blah, blah blah blah. No. And I'm like nothing. You know, but that's really subjective because I would right. think that, like, rape—you know, for for somebody that's been raped—is going to be worse than sewing ass to mouth. <laughs>
1: so. I guess. And the first Human Centipede really is pretty. I I honestly really like that series. I, and the first the first one is not that it's it's incredibly tame. It's I, I think it's effective, but it's not it's not gory. And then he went in the other direction with the second one, which was like, oh, you want to see gory? And he made the most ridiculous fucking movie. <laughs> that I've ever seen, as far as cool. you think the
0: second shows. one was more ridiculous than the third one?
1: Oh, the third, well, okay, so then you get to the third one, <laughs> and the third one I, I was just like, it was, that was too, I wasn't a fan of the third one. Right. The, si- the first two I thought were very good, very effective movies yeah. in their own right, and the third one I think, I think he had two really good ideas, and then he had kind of a concept for the third one, but I don't think He he had the same. Mm -hmm. He was. I don't know what he was trying to say with it. I get what he's trying to say with the first two. Yeah, and that's kind of why I love him so much. The third one, I don't know if I know it was kind of about America and the prison system. Yeah, but it was also like it was just so ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, it was. There was too much. I don't know. I don't know.
0: They tried too hard. The first one, I really did like the first one. It was an original idea. It was fresh. You know what I mean? It was something different. And the first one
1: feels like. Texas chainsaw massacre to me, like it kinda the, is, yeah. Very much. it's very sparse and there's not a lot there's no gore. Like very very little gore. Right. But, but it's all it's all implied and it's all it's it's very effectively shot and
0: Right. It doesn't show you know. anything. Whereas like then you have the second one where like the fucking the fucking baby's head gets crushed. Oh my god,
1: and- that is <laughs> <laughs> i'll never forget that moment in the theater seeing that it was it was a uh, yes it was oh, you i'll saw remember that
0: see i, knew I saw it in the music it before box I watched it. all my friends were like you would really like this movie if you watched it. and i had never heard of it they're like you know you'd really you'd really be into this and i'm like okay and so and i watched the first one i'm like okay well, this is good you know what, how could they possibly continue this let's see and so and then i watched the second one but i like i said i already knew kind of all the, the the hard parts anyway and so i'm like you know i wasn't really i wasn't really surprised i like what he did with the black and white um because he most likely did that because of um
1: censorship issues or whatever
0: practical facts they're yeah. you know when when you go that gory you know he's cutting up the knee tendons and you know then yeah. the, you know the baby's skull smashing i mean that's you know that's hard to get <laughs> when you have full color <laughs>
1: yeah i hear <laughs> you, know, you. I hear you know, it. that
0: was that was smart and then the third one came out and I'm, it's like a 900 person centipede or some shit i'm like i gotta see that and then i watch it and i'm like this was not worth the watch so
1: <laughs> it, i think it was a comment on american excess or something and i don't, I don't know, it, you know it's, listen,
0: i get it it's just that and i say that a lot because i do watch these movies and every single one of these movies is some pretentious bullshit all of them all of them all. <laughs> it, they all are But the thing is, is that I should not have to fucking Google what the meaning of your movie is. I should be able to get it. And if you can't effectively give that message, then then you didn't you didn't make a good movie.
1: (laughs) Well, I think if you don't if you don't get the message of their movie, you know maybe it's the audience's fault for not being receptive to it, or maybe it's the uh, filmmaker's fault for not being clear in what they're trying to convey. I think the only time that that somebody's at where somebody's to blame. Is if the filmmaker has expectations for the audience that aren't met, like if the filmmaker tries to say something with their film mm-hmm. and it, it falls on deaf ears, okay, well then it's either the filmmaker for not being clear, it's the audience for not being smart, like whatever. But I mean, I think if you just make something and release it, and some people get it, some people don't. I, I don't think I, I don't think you have to Google.
0: Well, yeah, you're not a the failure, but the it's thing. like it's like
1: song lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, do you? That's true. I, you I, know, sometimes I, you want to read what the lyrics are, but you don't necessarily have to and you know But
0: have you seen or even heard of begotten the what begotten begotten it's like a no white oh my god it is the most people are always like this movie's really fucked up and you should watch it and if you don't like it you just didn't get it no it is the most pretentious ass bullshit I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's like it's got something to do with like it's like retelling what like the story of creation from the Bible. Okay. And it's like mm. right. And it's like Mother Earth gives birth to, you know, somebody and then this tribe of people come up. There's no there's no dialogue, it's all music. It's like thirty minutes long. It's it's fucking horrible.
1: <laughs> Did you see here here's a here's a good one. Did you see Mother?
0: I did see Mother. I did not like Would, Mother.
1: See, I love. I thought that was. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I absolutely loved it.
0: A lot of people um, did. A lot of people didn't, didn't
1: like it. The Witch. Didn't like Lighthouse. I was like, eh. I think the performances were kind of interesting, but as far as the movie goes and shit, like I didn't I, the fucking care. I haven't much. seen The Witch
0: I, I haven't seen what? The Lighthouse. I've heard really bad things about The Lighthouse. I have not seen Hereditary. That's kind of another um, one in that weird category. I hear. I don't know. I haven't seen.
1: It. Yeah, it was okay. I think I saw that in the theater. That, that was that was all right i didn't see midsummer some of that stuff it's like those a23 movies are super fucking hit or miss
0: they you are, know what i mean
1: some of them are re- really way too pretentious and some of them are, are actually kind of interesting
0: well i think with mother i had this expectation because what i heard somebody had described it to me as being kind of like rosemary's baby and i'm like oh no. that's a great movie so yeah. um so i watched I watched it with that expectation and I'm like, okay, I can kind of see what they're talking about, <laughs> but also no, it has, it's nothing like that.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So I think it's because I had that expectation already that it just kind of was ruined for me from the get go. That's why I usually like when i watch a a movie, I, I don't like to watch trailers. I worked at a movie theater for five years and, and I, I always tried not to watch the trailers. I don't, I try not to talk to people about it. Um, except for basic opinion and then that way i can go in completely unbiased and just be totally you know rocked with whatever's thrown at me and um you know so like and i find when it comes to stuff like that again like mother it just it ended up ruining the experience so
1: yeah i had no i all i knew was darren Aronofsky, and i i liked noah and i liked his other movies mm-hmm. um so i went in there kind of like blank slate and i and i was able to kind of piece together what it was about as this like it, it unfolds kind of like a mystery before you realize what the what parallels it's drawing right and then once i figured that out i was like holy shit <laughs> and then like as i pro- progressively was was proven more and more right then it was vindicating it like i was i was just intelligent enough to get mother like as it like to unravel the mystery as the, the film was going on and it was a great theatrical experience to me once again a little bit different than human centipede two, but and <laughs> both were like great theatrical experiences where i'm watching mother and i'm like i think this is about the fucking world and they're like yep that's k and abril oh there's a the fucking flood and then everything that happens at the end in the, his second book it's it's the new testament and like oh my god it was uh that it was a very rewarding theatrical experience i had a very very good time with that but you know sometimes you do sometimes you don't and it's the the reviewing movie things which is kind of why i brought this up you know it's such a weird as as someone that is a creator i feel like eventually you reach a conflict where it's like okay am i somebody that creates art or am i somebody that reviews other people's arts and maybe other, other people's art, not other people's arts, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Their> art. but <laughs> other people's arts is what I make my own arts. Uh, but I think I think, you know, some people can walk the line and do both. You can be both a reviewer and a creator. Sure. But I think more often than not, you fall in one camp or the other. And the more time you spend judging and writing about other people's stuff is less time you spend creating your own which is why i i I don't like to write negative reviews if i see something i don't like it i probably won't write about it but if i see something and it lights a fire under my ass and i kind of want to you know shepherd it and like herald it and and get more people involved then i'll be more likely to write about it and uh you know um that the whole film twitter thing in general it's just like yeah i just want to i like having it open to me and I saw that you started working in it too, which is why I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah. But like, it's one of those things. It's just a toe dip. I wouldn't wanna.
0: <laughs> get I, I wouldn't movies. mind being
1: invited to more parties or going to see more free movies. Don't yeah. get me wrong, free movies are a good thing. Yeah, but um, I, I ain't trying to be all about that life.
0: It's not terrible. I felt like it was just a good bridge between like what I already do with my 40 and studies, and then okay. putting it together with my with my horror. You know. Uh, I don't want to say persona because it's all me, but my my horror community because I've got these different. We've talked about like my different fans before, and they they're, they're mm-hmm. all and there is some overlay between them, but but not always. And so it's like I figured doing the extreme horror reviews would make sense because I'm talking most of the time about like real life, you know, topics in those movies and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I try to stay pretty unbiased. Like I I didn't like um I, I didn't really like Megan is missing um but you know i delivered um on the aspects of like given the premise of like what's it about what to expect as far as the you know extreme side of it goes and then um you know wrote why i personally didn't like it um but one thing that i did find and this was kind of why i chose this one to review was that all the movies i had reviewed so far even if i didn't like it like i did dead girl and i wasn't a huge fan of that one it was different but i didn't like the ending anyway um you know i was still like i was too nice about it i'm like you should watch this movie. You know, you should still watch it at least once. <laughs> and it's well, like you like
1: sexual you to pick
0: something to where I could be like, you know <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I don't like a lot of sexual violence in my life, so
1: I'm mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Can you hear me? Life imitating art. Are
0: right you there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um, you know, it's uh yeah i guess i just I, I like the extreme violence i really like the the art of, of taking it and like making it because again usually they do have a double story you've got the actual plot of the movie and then you've got this weird pretentious bullshit and it's about something else you know So it's, and i like how they put them together i think that that is absolutely fantastic i like that people get pissed off about these movies cannibal holocaust is my number one favorite movie of all time and mostly it's because of um the clout it got i mean quite honestly people are so mad about it it upsets them so much it's so repulsive but guess what that means that means that the director did their job effectively and so i think it's a very beautiful way to create art frankly i mean you know but but i like my regular stuff too don't get me wrong you know i like a little Mm. you know just a a little regular horror movies
1: Vanilla horror movies. But,
0: but vanilla, Yeah, I mean, but most of the time if I'm going to sit down, I usually don't have, I don't find myself having a lot of time anyway. If I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, I, you know, I want it to be something that I feel like is going to be worthwhile to me. So, sure, you know, sure. that's just kind of how I feel about it. But, you know, so so Pat, you're sitting here talking about all these reviews that you make. Now, you do make stuff. Right. As far, you know, as well as, as reviewing things. So... um I try, yeah. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit we're gonna we're gonna focus on you because i, I want to get to the story
1: <laughs> no we'll get to it so i mean i think that the, the best way to kind of segue into it is i mean definitely we could talk about my filmmaking uh, at some point but um is you had uh, i don't know ex- you popped up on my twitter feed And I think it was because of either a mutual friend, Mike Vanderbilt, yeah, um, or we had mutual friends, people, you know, that type of thing. And you were trying to get the Mothman documentary off the ground, and you were looking for people to submit um, paranormal stories. Yeah. And as we kind of touched upon last.
0: And for people to work on it as well.
1: Right, right. So that's kind of like how we started talking was, you know, I was volunteering some of my editing skills. And uh, when it, in the in the realm of paranormal stories, I mean, as we saw, like, from last episode, like, I have a few in my back sure. pocket. And I got a few more. <laughs> so um, it was one of those things where we just kind of started swapping emails and stories. And I had told you about a series of uh, alien encounters from my childhood. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what dovetailed into – me being a guest on your show from these past two episodes right um so how to like how to kind of start telling that whole thing it's weird because you stuff like this you never know where to start because any any point in the story that you pick there's inevitably something that happened before that that you could reference it right it's like you almost have to start with the day you were born
0: yeah that's true you
1: know what i mean like there's always like well but then this happened and that's what (laughs) kind of led into this and um you know so this has definitely been like a through line throughout my entire life and um you know i think the easiest way to kind of like you know the cornerstone that we should probably lay is that i definitely grew up in an environment where uh the paranormal and the uh 14 was somewhat commonplace Mm -hmm. and um you know that is just kind of the byproduct of growing up in the 80s in the middle of the new age movement and having parents that were ex-hippies you know and um, kind of just you know Kennedy being The the Kennedy assassination, right? For starters, right? You know, people that are our age, our parents were kind of grew up in that time. And, you know, if you grew up in a household where where they didn't where they believe there was a conspiracy or something then you were kind of taught from day one that the government lies to you
0: well the Kennedy assassination was really the first big event where everybody questioned everything i think
1: sure and 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 you know my my father being a vietnam vet my mom being a anti-war protester and stuff like that um and her being a young woman coming of age in the 60s and 70s was part of that counterculture movement um they both held down jobs i mean my father was a chicago police officer my mom worked for the city of chicago for 30 years so they weren't like these like derelict radicals or anything i didn't grow up on the run but i definitely grew up in a household where you know hey the vietnam war was bullshit we probably killed kennedy because he was trying to pull us out um later on when when my parents would kind of split my mom dated a guy that was a psychic for a couple years um and maybe dating is the wrong word to use but she was friends with him and he would be over at her house and they used to have psychic parties kind of how you would have like a tattoo party or something right and you would have a group of friends come over and then he's set up in you know a back room or something and everyone pays 10 bucks and you get a you know a 15 minute reading and everyone's sitting around drinking having a good time um maybe that seems like i'm kind of glossing over like
0: everybody does that stuff
1: yeah, like it, maybe no, now no maybe no,
0: no, I I mean, in this world, it's pretty normal.
1: Okay. So that's what I'm saying is that, like, that was very normal to me. That was like my parents throwing parties, and there yeah. was like sp- fucking psychics there. Right. And um this person in particular at one point would later on and tell me, go to tell me that he had like a CIA handler. And, you know, he had this guy that he would talk to if he ever had dreams that he felt could have significance in the real world, that he had a number that he would wake up and call, right? I don't know how, I don't know if this guy was lying to me, I don't know why he would, but um, once again...
0: How old were you during this time period?
1: I mean, this is like my youth. This was like my, you know, I think the last...
0: Were you like under 10 or teenager or so the last time
1: as far as the psychic guy goes i think the last time i saw him i was probably in high school okay and him and my mom just kind of like drifted apart it was no like big thing he was like a friend of the family so you know what i mean
0: where you could like draw your own opinions about things and stuff like that that's kind of right
1: i remember getting a computer like in eighth grade and he was kind of around a lot helping me figure out how dos works Right. if people remember a land before fucking tablets and you know apple everything where it was you know idiot proof um you know he was he was he worked with computers that was kind of his day job and then on the nights and weekends he would do like you know hey psychic night at the big boy first thursday of every month or whatever you know and he was that dude um so, but he was around like my childhood okay. you know he was just a friend of the family like any we had friends of the family that weren't psychics but this person in, in particular was so uh once again just trying to you know paint the backdrop here that's kind of the environment i grew up in and um as far as the alien stuff goes the first concrete memory that i have um would probably be back when i was maybe in like fifth grade and uh woke up one night to the sounds of screaming and i had i ran into my parents bedroom and my mom was awake and screaming, like you know, terrified. Yeah. And uh, in the room were two grays, and um, pretty stereotypical, right? Um, I'm, uh, you know, uh, More they rooms. were t- taller. Okay. They weren't kind of the short ones that you see sometimes, or you 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 hear about, or whatever.
0: Taller than um, people, or people size, like regular
1: adult size. Okay and um uh wearing all black so it was like so they so they weren't like all gray it would be like if they had some kind of like skin tight suit or something on and then yeah and then like exposed the exposed head okay and um i remember them looking at me and communicating with me and saying that i wasn't supposed to be here and that i wasn't supposed to see any of this However, they were going to tell me something, and I wouldn't remember it, but I would remember it at a later date when I had to. And um, I sat down on the bed, and I remember my mom coming up behind me and kind of like holding me, like protectively from behind, and her being very upset, and then um, that was it. And woke up the next morning, and there was a report on the news. In fact, I was going to try to look this up, because I want to say it was around super bowl time but it was it was there i remember there was something on the news about a ufo sighting in wisconsin and i live in illinois
0: Chicago. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah uh
1: there was a ufo sighting in wisconsin the night before and i remember eating breakfast and hearing this and like looking at my mom and being like huh <laughs> and like that and that was it um i never talked to her about it directly at for a while i mean that that's another part of us that we're not going to get into right now sure but uh you know um it was one of those things where it was just kind of it was weird and i don't i think even at the time i debated whether or not it was real or not
0: okay
1: because you know if Which i makes had sense go,
0: that's actually pretty typical
1: if i had run in you know and that's the problem with the the abduction mythos in general is that if i had run into that bedroom and seen frankenstein standing there we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if i had run into that bedroom and seen you know right. <laughs> fucking freddy krueger standing there we wouldn't be having this conversation right now but because what i saw yeah. um was took on the form of a, a your typical alien then it's suddenly well maybe it is a dream but maybe it's not you know maybe it was just a nightmare but maybe it's not because you know it kind of seems like a nightmare when they come in the middle of the night and blah 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 blah. so um de- it definitely i i've kind of been skeptical skeptical of it from day one um sure so much so in fact that i don't want to say that i repressed it but i remember you know it didn't bother me I I think like within probably a a day or two it was almost completely forgotten I went on about my life
0: um did you tell anybody about it immediately after friends or you know anything or that you remember even
1: probably not okay probably not but I do you know but one of the things that I remember is that I can look back at my, my childhood now and be like, you know, when I woke up and I ran into that other room, I had grabbed a baseball bat and brought it with me. And I like, I kept a baseball bat next to my bed. Okay. And that was something that I did from a very young age. I used to have like a, like a, a, like a plastic, like pirate sword that I would sleep in bed with me. I don't know why I did that, but I did that from a very, very young age, and I have kids now, and I know the kids don't normally do that,
0: (laughs) but it was something that
1: I always did. It was something I always felt the need to do. I always felt the need to have, like, a sword nearby or a weapon or a bat or something, and I didn't grow up in an abusive household at all, 100%. I was never physically abused. I never, you know, I mean, I saw parents and family members get drunk but we're fucking irish people on the south side of chicago like that was nothing uh, nothing out of the norm nothing that was any different that was happening like you know next door right but it was but still there was always like this kind of inert like fear apprehension fear of the dark fear of like isolation fear of being alone um anxiety that i would get in these certain situations that don't situationally didn't make sense but i can look i can look back and i can see that that was always there The next time something happened of note would have been probably, and I'm going by, like, we moved, like, three times during my childhood. So I'm going by, like, what house we were in to try to, like, gauge how old I was. The second thing I remember was probably a couple years later, and it was what people would describe as an episode of Missing Time where uh, I was alone. It was probably, like, a Saturday night, and I was sitting up watching TV, and within the blink of an eye, three hours passed okay um and i don't mean i fell asleep i don't mean that i was getting drowsy and i nodded off none of that none of that it was so much of a time jump that i mean i can i like i remember i was probably watching kids in the hall on hbo or something Mm -hmm. and then boom i'm sitting (laughs) there Go ahead. mtv's on and it's the fucking red hot chili pepper "Soul to squeeze music video <laughs> like and i remember that fucking music video like it was like that it was just like boom time had passed and um so much so that it really kind of jarred me and freaked me out but once again we're talking about late at night you know it went from 11 sure. o'clock at night till two o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the morning or something right, you right. know so could i have just passed out and been more tired than i realized yes i could have no. but it, it didn't feel like that you know what i mean right. i mean i've fallen asleep on the couch before i know what that's like i don't remember every time i fell asleep on the couch from my fucking adolescence because yeah. it happened so much and it was no big deal and it made sense when it did i'm telling you this time it didn't fucking make sense it was weird it was different you know was
0: really so when you when you kind of came to i mean what did you have any initial thoughts you were just like what What
1: the fuck happened it was it was incredibly (laughs) jarring i didn't i thought i had rolled over on the remote i thought the tv channel had just changed because that's That's how that's how it was and then i realized that no like fucking three hours had passed and i was like
0: holy
1: shit (laughs) it was like a seismic fucking shift um
0: just confused, like what? Where am I? What happened?
1: Right, and then, and you know, here's, and then here's, and then what happens is what always happens is, is you get freaked out in the moment, you get terrified, and then you're just kind of like, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know? and you, you go back about it. Like, well, you know, well, I'm. That's, so-
0: that's true. Well,
1: I'm someone I've I've had night terrors my whole entire life right sleep paralysis and I, I mean anyone that's had that knows exactly how what i'm talking about because in that moment you are fucking convinced that your life is about to end you you're, you're convinced that like the the some unholy terror is, is right behind that closet door and it's coming for you yeah. and you, there's nothing you can do about it you are in the most fucking fear and panic that you've ever experienced in your whole entire life and then what happens? It passes, and you fall asleep, and you wake up the next day, and it's fine. You don't even think about it. Never
0: happens. That's true. You wake
1: <laughs> up, you take a shower, you take a shit, you go to work, and that—and that's what's so crazy is that we can be in these fucking situations that are so stressful and so terrifying, yeah. and in that moment, you know, we're just like out of our minds. And then how quickly, like, we almost welcome. The return of reality and 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 the quicker things go back to normal the, the calmer we feel and the better we feel and then okay and we go about our lives you know
0: well and that's exactly what what keel says about these these weird experiences is that um you you know your mind will quickly when you like when you see a ufo you know instead of being like like oh my god that's a ufo instantly you're like it's an airplane you know, you're, you're going to go to the most logical explanation because of the fear of what if it's not an airplane <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. You know, what if, right. what if you didn't just see a bear in the woods and it was actually Bigfoot instead? You're going to be like, oh, it's a bear. But, you know, and and you're going to convince yourself of that instantly. It's the first thought your mind's going to go to is something that you already know and can conceive because it's familiar to you. And so, um, and, you know, it is interesting. And that's why a lot of these things go under extremely underreported um because you just chalk it up to you know whatever and then one of the most recent episodes me and ivy talked about you know we were like you know do do people even know who to call to report these things to
1: (laughs) so i yeah so i well i had been in um counseling most of my life uh, off and on um just because i i you know, uh, we had a couple of friends of the family die when I was like in third grade. And my school offered free counseling for children that came from troubled homes, which I didn't, but I was, it it was this resource that was there, right? It was this guy that came in Roger once a week. And, you know, I, I, instead of recess, I went and I talked to him and I wrote letters to dead people and whatever. So like, um, I had kind of, I was familiar with the process. I'm not, you know, I'm not turned off by it. It doesn't weird me out. And, i knew that like um kind of going back to like growing up in the new age household okay. you know my my mom had didn't have the whitley Strieber books but Bud hopkins and intruders was i i know that that we grew up with that in the house and there was lots of you know messages from angels books and shit like that you know they were always all over the place so i knew about um regression and hypnotherapy and stuff like that so i when i was about 20 in my early 20s i reached out to um somebody in the midwest that dealt with this kind of stuff okay and i had said hey you know this is something from my past that's kind of bothered me and i you know i just need to talk to somebody and kind of like flight up the flagpole and see what happens right so um swapped a, a bunch of emails with this person and um basically they were like you know have you ever seen lights in the sky no have you ever seen a phone no have you ever woken up on a spaceship no have you ever you know um were you a victim of satanic abuse or something like no <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. i were you a member were you, you know, were you ever sexually sure. abused no were you ever you know anything no um we have done mushrooms before like you know <laughs> I'm like a normal midwestern kid you know and uh a
0: normal midwestern I j- kid.
1: <laughs> i didn't check enough of the boxes to warrant any further action on their part
0: That's really
1: interesting. The, yeah the one thing that they did the one thing that we did spend some time talking about was lineage was my aunt was my like ancestry and stuff okay and on my mother's side um you know both of my uh so if you look at my four grandparents three of them are pretty much right off the boat from ireland right and of course ireland is rich with folklore about spirits and fairies and and leprechauns and shit like that the other grandparent uh my mother's mother was french uh canadian And they have been in this country a very long time. And they came here from France and landed in Canada, I don't know, like maybe 200 years ago and were traders and spent a lot of times in a lot of time in like the Northern woods and like that area um, before settling in Illinois and starting a textile industry, textile business. So they thought that like there could have been, there could have been something because a lot of this stuff is supposedly generational, Mm -hmm. um, which is so, so is schizophrenia. Um, but they thought that there would that if I explored that more I might find some interesting stuff there, which of course I never did because how the fuck would I? You know, oh, yeah. um although now there's the 18 the you know all the DNA stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually that, helps. Yeah. well this yes. is an interesting thing because we've actually kind of been digging into that because the the co-host of the documentary um you know we're coming to find out that for whatever reason there's actually a lot of ties to her lineage with some of the things that were following and so like she actually had um family from point pleasant west virginia and one of the people that we ended up meeting is a lady that works for um she works for the historical society and she like takes care of this historical mansion that's in point pleasant and um she actually works for the um uh well it's not directly them but the daughters of the revolution their little you know community that they have now and Anne is actually you know directly descended from them so it's just been very it's been very strange you know that there's all these ties and stuff but i so i just i guess i just wanted to mention that because there there is kind of something to that
1: yeah no i mean it makes sense i mean i remember seeing the spielberg miniseries taken uh which i was if you haven't seen it, it's phenomenal it was on sci-fi channel but i'm sure it's streaming somewhere Sure. Uh, and that's exactly what that's about it's all about these two families um and how they, uh, generationally, they're abductees mm-hmm. until the two families get together, and then you know, the, I don't know, the kids have a kid, and then that kid is part alien because of all the shit that's been done to them over the years. Have you seen
0: this before? No, I've never seen this. <laughs> it's worth
1: checking out. Actually, the the one of the you know, one of the bad guys because it changes. Uh, it's like three generations it goes through, and one of the bad guys is Heather Donahue from the Blair Witch. Oh. It was like it was like her first like acting role that's cool out after blair witch yeah, yeah. um oh. with that big ass of hers but uh <laughs> you, you leave her alone, I guess. She, no I'm, I'm i'm a fan trust me you know she you know she grows recreational marijuana now does
0: she really yeah,
1: what her is she and heather legging camp not together i mean i'm just saying two <laughs> actors together that,
0: on the weekends and grow yeah, yeah,
1: no, two two actresses in different parts of the country growing weed i'm just you know there's I'm no correlation playing. between those two but uh yeah so i don't know so yeah that happened and then um i think the last the last kind of tidbit of note was something that actually came from a third party so this it's a story about me that someone else related to me which i think adds an element of credibility uh is i had when i was in my mid-20s i dated uh, a girl for about four years and we lived together for most of that and we broke up And uh, as people do, and uh, I mean, it wasn't a terrible breakup or anything, just kind of, she was older than me anyway, and different points in our lives. And uh, we ran into each other at a bar uh, a couple months after the breakup. And she had, we were living together in a garden apartment uh, when we broke up and she had moved in, she was a school teacher and she had moved in with one of her teacher friends and I had gotten my own apartment.
0: Um, so nobody kept the old one
1: no it was just forfeit (laughs) and she was like uh and we were i think we were having drinks and we were laughing about when we lived in that garden apartment together we didn't even like the garden apartment didn't even take up the whole bottom floor like there was uh her bedroom like on the other side of the bedroom wall was like another family room that the people that lived in the first floor had access to oh. and those were the people that owned the whole entire three flat
0: uh, okay.
1: and they were of polish descent like right off the fucking boat right okay. and sunday mornings uh i was in a band at the time so we'd always be out saturday night either i would have a show or we would just go out to drink so sunday mornings we're always hungover, and we get woken up at like 10 a.m By the polish people coming home from church and playing their fucking polka music (laughs) and having like these parties at like 10 a.m after church and we'd be like what the fuck you'd be laying in there in bed and you just hear like the fucking bouncing accordion and shit and like so what we finally would start doing is like we'd start fucking real loud like yeah because yeah because we knew they could hear it if we can hear your polka music on the other side of the wall you can hear what i'm doing you can doing hear this or, pounding <laughs> yes you know with the force of a thousand suns like we would you know right. like banging banging the headboard off the launch and, and they and the music would stop and and they would leave the guard apartment and they'd fucking go hide upstairs and pray for us probably so um we we had met up like after the fact and we're like or this you know so we broke up we run into each other in a bar and we're, we're laughing and we were probably laughing about the apartment and she goes yeah i'm just glad to be out of there like i hated that fucking place and i hated i hated uh um you know uh we were laughing about that and she goes once again i'm not going to recreate dialogue but i remember her saying something along the lines of like you know i sleep so much better without you around or something like that and being like well why And, and she begins to relate these stories to me about times that she would wake up in the middle of the night and there would be someone like she, she felt that like, okay, so she woke up once and, uh, once again, garden department, right? So you have like windows that are kind of like eye level, like around in the different rooms. And there was this bright light coming in from the outside and if we were in the front room that would make sense because it was street level but where we were in the bedroom it was like we were facing like another fucking three flat so the light's coming in and at first she's like someone's someone's car light and then she's like wait a minute like no like we're in the bedroom and then that's the wrong wall you know what i mean so then she sits up and she looks over and the light's coming through and there's somebody standing like in the light and she thinks that it's me okay and she's like what is he doing like is he drunk and pissing in the hamper again or something (laughs) and then she looks down and she sees that i'm laying right next to her oh and she said she said she just laid back down and rolled over (laughs) and went to bed because that's one of
0: those things your mind's gonna go to this is something this has to be something logical
1: (laughs) right and then that was it and i was like how many times did that happen and she was like a couple (laughs) And I'm like, why the fuck are you telling me now? Right, like, why what did you the-
0: say anything?
1: <laughs> and she, she's like, I don't know. And she's like, I never really thought about it. Like, I just, yeah, it was weird, but, you know, whatever. I just figured that I was dreaming or fucked up or something. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> ma- once again, maybe she, maybe she was, but, you know, that was something someone told me about this, about, you know.
0: Did you have issues sleeping after that? I mean... Going home and being like, like you go, like your head hits the pillow and you're like, fuck, that bright light's going to come in.
1: (laughs) No, you know, I, um, I've always had a, I've always had a fan on. I mean, like number one, like obviously I can't sleep in silence. Um, you know, (laughs) so I, I moved, when I moved out, I lived at home and then I moved out when I was probably like 20. And I always had roommates, um, up until probably my late Mm twenties, when i finally got my first apartment with like no you know i was like old enough and making money and like sure. i didn't have roommates anymore um but then i realized very quickly that i didn't like that and yeah. i would i would have girls over all the fucking time <laughs> to the point where like I I didn't even, like, really like some of these people. But I, it, it's like, I couldn't, it, like, freaked me the fuck out to sleep alone. Like, I hated it. It was, like, to that level of isolation, it was, like, the the kind of creeping terror that sets in is, like... I don't know. E- either you know what I I think it, as far as our listeners goes, look, either you know what I'm talking about or you don't. Right. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, good for you. But if you know what I'm talking about, like yeah, motherfucker, it's like that.
0: You know. And yeah.
1: Now that I'm older like, you know, I'm married and like I have children. So th- it's nice cuz I'm not really alone a lot, but <clears throat> sometimes I am still. My wife is from out of town and she'll she'll go back to where she's from and stuff. And uh you know, <sighs> i it's i i still have it to this day and and now i have a dog so it's like there was there was one time where like my dog was it was just me and the dog and uh i had kind of eaten too much of an edible so like that didn't fucking help things and i'm sitting here and i'm like laying in bed and like all the lights are on in the whole entire house adt is set the alarm is set i have my fucking samurai sword in the bed next to me all the lights are on tv's on in the other room parks and rec is on a fucking loop you know and i'm still i I can't go to sleep fans are on everything and um i hear something and i sit up and then the dog sits up and i look at the dog and the dog looks at me and i'm like oh shit i'm like (laughs) does he hear what i hear or is he reacting to me (laughs) you know what i mean like is the dog onto something or is the dog just freaking out because i'm freaking out and uh then of course you got to get up and you got to search the house from top to bottom and It's absolutely nothing, and then you know you just drink yourself until you pass out. You know, I mean, it's
0: yeah. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of being alone either, but I think mine's just more of a psychological. I'm just fucking.
1: That's maybe it is. That's one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I can
0: track mine and know that it is. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, I can't account for yours, Pat. I don't know. You seem relatively normal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm high functioning. I think is what we call it at this point. High functioning. (laughs)
0: you know you seem all right you know compared to some of the shit i've seen but
1: (laughs) well and that's that's the other thing too is so this is like a relatively mild case it's probably like perfect no offense it's probably perfect for your podcast but like i think if you look at the people with the more involved stories you're like well damn why couldn't i have a fucking smoking gun like that but (laughs) then you're like but some of those people are fucking crazy they are and it's it's very apparent that they're crazy and i'm yeah i'm not like i've been uh, trust me they have put me through the fucking runner like i've well, been checked I, out the
0: first time you and i ever had ever talked the f- one of the first one of the first things you said to me well actually it's more like the last things you said to me you were like man it's such a relief that you're not like totally insane <laughs>
1: <laughs> well how much of that how much of that dominates this you know what i mean
0: i i agree this field
1: with yeah. I agree.
0: it it really does and you really have to go into everything like it's weird but you have to go into every situation that that you that you research with a very very open mind but also a lot of skepticism and sure. so it's you know just one of those things where you have to make sure that you are still keeping you know your wits about yourself and then sometimes but then like you find yourself researching things and you're and like starting to believe in things and then you have to like kind of stop and be like am I going insane? Am I turning into one of these people? Or is there actually something to this? I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so it's, it can be tough. It can be it's very exhausting. And when you actually go back and like, look at previous researchers, I mean, they all question their sanity. They kind of go crazy. They're not really crazy from the jump. They kind of end up going crazy or going mad. Even Einstein. Einstein struggled with depression hard and he was a very brilliant man working on novel ideas that everybody was like what the fuck are you doing you know but he um it drove him nuts I mean it really did and you know it kind of does that so I don't know like one of the first things I had to accept when I got into this was that you know I could go crazy trying to find answers to things that I'm not even capable of understanding so
1: (laughs) well I think if I think my my whole where I'm at with this like today and I know I kind of last week we were talking about uh, how i thought this closure was kind of all bullshit and that this is all you know the the lights in the sky and all that that's the product of a secret space uh, program yeah a terrestrial space program right you know um i don't necessarily draw hard hard connection between anything that i experienced to outer space mm-hmm. per se you know what i mean i don't see that um i doesn't mean that i don't think it was real but as far as their connection to like other planets like no you know and i think like you know the fact that i suffer from sleep sleep paralysis that doesn't fucking help you know um i know a lot of people that suffer from that get into the whole shadow person mythology and all that and i don't you know maybe but maybe it could be when you don't have your glasses on and the lights aren't on, you see shit in the fucking room. Like it doesn't mean that it's real. It just means that, you know, that's what your eyes do. Your eyes play tricks on you, you know. Yeah. That's um, true. That's true. And sleep sleep paralysis is what it is. And I've had it so much that like I can one hundred percent verify that my sleep paralysis is like physical you know what i mean or biochemical or something it's there's no super i get get it in the afternoon when they're in if i take a nap on a saturday i get it sometimes yeah honestly that's when it happens to me most of the time is during the day which if you believe which the explanation of what it is is you're kind of asleep but you're kind of you're in this weird you don't completely go under you kind of like bounce on the fucking surface of sleep and it, it creates this weird Dude, that happen that's what i mean like i have it happen to me so much in like perfectly benign circumstances that i can't believe that like sleep paralysis is like the hag coming from me or shadow people trying to steal my fucking soul or something like that you know <laughs> that's um, kind of
0: why i have like like that's why Anne is the co-host of the documentaries because Anne has a lot of skepticism and the first thing she said was that she does not believe in the mothman and um, you know, but even Anne has has had her world rocked because we've had some very strange and questionable experiences. But she still brings to the table very logical explanations about things that that make sense. And so, um, whereas like with me, I'm kind of more of a you know, I I, I like to operate on a one percent chance. If there's a one percent chance that it exists, I'm going to entertain that idea. And um, you know, so I'm kind of more of a spacey you know (laughs) kind of like to believe it all kind of person you know but like i said with Anne, she's got more of the you know that it can't be it because it's this and that helps because it helps draw my perspective so i don't i don't think it's a bad thing for you to have skepticism i think it's actually very smart to have that because otherwise you know i've met other people that are um just so intent that everything means something that they'll never draw a conclusion anything specific because it doesn't make sense when you do it that way there is no well
1: i yeah and i i attribute part of that to just being or having been a a a nihilist punk rock kid in my teenage years to where nothing fucking matters and entropy is going to claim us all anyway so fucking burn it all who gives a shit you know um so that yeah I, i i have a hard time believing i'm Fucking star, Jesus or whatever, <laughs>
0: yeah. <know>? Um, <laughs> whatever
1: these people like to fucking tell themselves. Like I, you know, may, maybe I don't know, but uh I still have to go to work tomorrow. So fuck it, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I I'm like not tax. It. I haven't reached tax exempt status yet. <laughs> um, but Poor Jesus, I, 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 don't, pay my rent. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it as skepticism because skepticism means you're like I don't know, and I th- how I feel is oh I do know, and the answer is no. <laughs> you know it's like i i don't i i think that these well you're right i don't i guess i don't know when
0: you're it comes open these, so you're open to these the batch idea. of
1: experiences yeah and i'm i'm willing to i'm willing to bet that they weren't entirely imagined, but um you know at the same time, I don't necessarily think that the cookie cutter standard ufo abduction narrative that's out there applies to this because like i said i've never seen the inside of a spaceship i've never seen lights in the sky no one ever i don't think i have implants in me or anything um <laughs> you know i've never it's had just, that you don't
0: have implants and stuff and he doesn't mean that you didn't have an extraterrestrial experience Pat.
1: right a- any any issues with my nasal cavity or byproduct <laughs> of uh <laughs> completely different set of circumstances of the 80s <laughs> uh, in the 80s i was born in 81 when i was fucking nine what are you
0: trying yeah, to that's where i started so i don't <laughs>
1: <laughs> damn ohio girls fuck
0: i've partied hard man um right. i'm actually only 12 so i'm just <laughs> so, so i look so old now um
1: <laughs> wonderful
0: <laughs> drugs man it's a hard life um <laughs> gonna post my titties tomorrow by the way everybody and i'm just <laughs> trying to bait people in um what, what, what
1: <laughs> <laughs> by telling them that you're fucking 12 yeah. and then saying that you're gonna post news tomorrow yeah. okay <laughs> well, Wonderful.
0: it doesn't have to make sense to you the only the only point of the joke is that i get it so <laughs>
1: okay <Yeah.
0: laughs> that's another way i operate no reality matters except for mine so <laughs> right Anyway, um, but no, I mean, you know, like I said, it could be I'm not going to try to convince you of your experience, uh, because I can't do that. But I think that had you not had these experiences, you would have not had, you wouldn't have you wouldn't be the person that you are with the open mind that you have to those experiences.
1: Right, and, you know, if you look, especially, like, the the first one, I mean, it follows a pretty textbook, and this is something that I definitely learned after the fact. It follows a pretty textbook, uh, like, shaman experience where, like, you know, you you meet some uh, intelligence from the outside and something hidden is kind of put in and to be revealed later. Like, it's it's very allegorical, and, you know, it's kind of like if you were – it almost feels like something out of a movie you know what i mean and that
0: Go ahead. which
1: i know doesn't necessarily disprove it but it's just it, to me it's kind of like it's to me it's just part of my story and that's just the way i look at it is like whether or not what whatever the, whatever the like you know whatever's underneath the suit mm-hmm. whatever you know, or whatever is underneath the mask it doesn't matter this is this is just part of the narrative that i have and you know i, I kind of go back to something that neil gaiman said once when um they interviewed him uh, he they had asked him if he was a scientologist because there was um mm. th- there were rumors that he was or something and um he went on record i'm actually going to read this quote and then we can actually end okay. with this if you want uh, sure. if you want give me a second to pull up so um once again follow me on twitter frost 2112 jack at twitter um oh jeez, totally not prepared doesn't fucking matter okay oh yeah, right hey so um yeah so they asked neil gaiman if uh they thought uh if he thought scientology was real and his response was i can believe things that are true and things that aren't true and i can believe things where nobody knows if they're true or not I believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and Beatles and Marilyn Monroe and Elvis and Mister Ed. Listen, I believe that people are perfectible, that knowledge is infinite, that the world is run by a secret banking cartels and is visited by aliens on a regular basis. Nice ones, nice ones that look like wrinkled lemurs, and bad ones who mutilate cattle and want our water and our women. I believe that the future sucks, and I believe that the future rocks, and I believe that one day, White Buffalo Woman is going to come back and kick everyone's ass. I believe that all men are just overgrown boys with deep problems communicating, and that the decline in, of good sex in America is coincident with the decline <laughs> is coincident with the decline of driving movie theaters from state to state, which are making a comeback. Uh, I believe in a personal God who cares about me and worries and oversees everything i do i believe in an impersonal god who set the universe in motion and went off to hang with her girlfriends and doesn't even know that i'm alive i believe in an empty and godless universe of casual chaos background noise and sheer blind luck i believe that life is a game and that life is a cruel joke and that life is what happens when you're alive and you might as well lie back and enjoy it so basically everything is real everything's permissible because it makes the world a more interesting place Mm -hmm. um I 100% choose to live in a world full of magic and demons and aliens and gods and all kinds of stuff and conspiracies, because if I didn't... It'd
0: be fucking boring.
1: I'd be really <laughs> fucking boring, and there's nothing I hate more than being bored. Yeah. Uh, except yeah. maybe sleeping alone.
0: So, <laughs> and you know, could be partly boredom, too, so I
1: mean... right? I, I, you, you hit the nail right in the head it all comes back <laughs> to boredom <laughs> i think you're absolutely right is that all of this all of this is just me trying to avoid being bored See, all the I drugs know. all the drugs all the fucking all the conspiracies sex and <laughs> drugs UFOs, is just a way for me not to be fucking bored um so that's where i'm at that's what i believe and you know there you have it me, ashley
0: absolutely nothing wrong with that i mean like i said it's it's definitely you have to have all these different people with these different stances because, um, you know, again, just going back to the boredom thing. I mean, if we all believed that, you know, that everything was real, then it would be pretty goddamn boring because you wouldn't have anybody to convince. Right. <laughs> or not, can, you know, or, you know, lean the other way and, and tell them that it's not real. So, I mean, it's it definitely um, makes the world go round. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe in that for sure. Well, is there anything else you want to? add to this before we uh cut it off for this wednesday and
1: oh i think i've said enough <laughs> <laughs> i'm even sick of the sound of my own voice at this point so oh, no! <laughs> i can only imagine what your dear listeners are going through i apologize
0: they're like who is this guy
1: <laughs> <laughs> follow me on twitter and find out
0: exactly guys follow pat on twitter <laughs> he's he's a cool guy i promise he's not he's not uh the typical crazy so <laughs> not my typical crazy anyway maybe they like that though maybe that's why they follow me i don't know um (laughs) anyway all right well um that was that i'm trying to think if there's anything i need to plug this week i don't think so nothing yet do we know anything about the kids on bikes yet
1: no um i really do need to get started on that though Okay. (laughs) So we'll do that soon.
0: We'll we'll talk about that when it's time to talk about that. But today is not time to talk about that. So, (laughs) all right, guys. Well, we'll see you next Wednesday. Take care.